You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on a storming Wednesday in New Orleans. Orleans, there is a good chance you're going to, there's it goes right there. Here's some thunder in the background right now um, when we, when I do this show. But we got a lot to talk about today, including a prominent NBA player testing positive for COVID-19 and why I don't think it's a big deal. And almost in a weird way, not a good thing, but you'll, you'll get what I mean. We'll talk about that in the first segment. Paul George talked about how he, when he was back on the Indiana Pacers, had a plan to team up with the top power forward in the league. And people are saying that is Anthony Davis. Something is a little off about this. We'll look at that. And then, of course, we'll talk about where the Pelicans fall in some rankings, which I think is very cool. Some some good stuff over for them so far, uh, historically and more relevantly recently. And then ESPN's Andrew Lopez, friend of the show, talked about Zion, too. So we'll touch on him in the third segment. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So NBA players are getting tested for COVID-19 yesterday, today, probably tomorrow a little bit too, as the NBA starts phase one of returning to play in Orlando, into the campus environment, the bubble, whatever you want to call it. And the first step is going to be testing. And with testing, is going to come positive tests. We, we know what's going to happen. In fact, it's already happened. We had a very prominent named NBA player, Nikola Jokic, test positive for COVID-19 yesterday. Bro, it's interesting because there there's two camps right now, and it seems, on, at least on Twitter and social media, and this is probably emblematic of society as a whole right now, you're either all the way on one side or all the way on the other. There's nothing in the middle anymore. You're either for something or against something, um, and that's it. And people seem to feel that way strongly about the bubble and the NBA's return to play in Orlando. Either they should do this because capitalism, or they shouldn't because of health reasons. When in fact, there's kind of a middle ground, which is what I've been thinking. Like there, I think the NBA should try and do this, and if it gets out of hand, they should shut it down. But people are seeing these positive tests from players, Jokic being the most prominent, and that is a big name, you know, like a borderline, you know, MVP candidate um, type of player on a very good team in the Denver Nuggets. Uh, a Western Conference team has also reported they had four people test positive recently. You've seen some other positive tests around the NBA as a whole, and people are saying like, well, look, they shouldn't go and restart the NBA. I'm going to tell you that, no, this is actually almost like a good thing. This is the NBA's protocol and process working, preventing these people from interacting with their teammates in the team setting, in the team environment of the team facilities. By testing these guys now, you know who you need to isolate and keep away and then potentially do some contact tracing with all of this. And when you look at it, you know, look at how Jokic 
I'm not going to say 100% got it this way, but most likely, you know, yesterday early in the morning, Novak Djokovic, the tennis player, who's also a big AC Milan fan like me, um, tested positive for coronavirus. And that's after he had a big like event about a week or so ago in Serbia um, where Nikola Jokic attended. And then they all went out to like a club, it looked like from the pictures and stuff. And, you know, positive toughs come back. So Jokic uh, tested positive in the afternoon after Jokovic tested positive in the morning or it was announced in the morning. They probably got it in some capacity at that event. So bringing these guys back now and going into the NBA's bubble, which is so far not going to emulate real life. Like this is so far removed from our daily life or anything like that. That in theory, if you have NBA players going out and partying like Jokic is or whoever's catching this for whatever reason, putting them into this bubble environment, which doesn't mimic real life whatsoever, in theory, and I don't know if I actually believe this, consider it like a devil's advocate thing, in theory, sounds safer than what they've been doing. You're not going to be able to go to a club if you're in this bubble environment because there isn't going to be one there. And, you know, it's not like they're going to be going to the market and catch it or they're going to be going running errands and potentially catch it. There's going to be less of a chance, I'd be willing to think, than uh, of them catching COVID-19 than if they were out just kind of at home. There's a risk everywhere. You leave your house, you're at risk of catching this, whether you wear a mask, don't wear a mask, all of that stuff. And please wear a mask. There's risk wherever you go. And so putting them in a bubble environment, which in theory has been sterilized and cleaned and no one has it going in, should make you safer than that because there's less unknown variables. So when people are pointed to these positive tests about Jokic and others, I think this shows that maybe the bubble environment being so far removed from reality is actually going to be safer and maybe proves that the NBA should try and do this, that they're actually could, in theory, could be protecting people in some weird way. If you want to look at it like that, I don't know how I, I kind of believe that, like, or at least some degree of that. Uh, now the question is going to be the, the Disney workers and they're not living in the bubble. So it's not a full on bubble. There's a door that is open. That's going to have people coming and going and they're checking for symptoms. But if you're an asymptomatic carrier and you're not showing symptoms of it, that is kind of the big problem. And that's where the unknown and the variables come in. But frankly, if it's just that and their interaction with NBA players is very minimized, that's better than the NBA players going to a store or doing anything that they would normally be doing. So again, this could be very much safer and probably points to why the NBA should go and try and do this. Look, I don't care either way. I've said that. If they don't want to do this, it's fine. If players want to sit out, I totally get it. We're seeing players sit out. We'll talk about that a little bit in the third segment. So I don't think this is a bad thing and I don't think positive tests right now are like proof that the NBA shouldn't go about attempting this. They, uh, at the end of the day, are here to make money. It happens to be a sport that makes them money. It makes them a lot of money, but they still need to you know, go and make money, particularly if their league revenue is zero and there's a lot at stake. And I don't think positive tests right now, which I see as being a good thing, part of the plan because it wasn't the NBA's problem, is great. If we get tests, positive tests in two, three weeks, that is a problem. And then the NBA's got an issue, but we have to kind of be results focused here, not process focused here because we don't know what the process is. There's been no blueprint for this before. So when results happen, that's when we can address them. But unfortunately, I don't know if you can do it ahead of time. So NBA's still going forward. I don't see this as a big setback or a big deal for the league whatsoever. 
So we will put on our detective hats and see about Anthony Davis and Paul George teaming up here in the next segment. But first, the Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice, and that's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. I said we were going to do a big fundraising thing. We don't need to do that. Just everyone go and do some good out in the world, whether that's attending a rally uh, or a protest and, or getting involved in volunteering with a good nonprofit or making a donation. Just go and do some good and I will be thrilled about that. I'm donating my paycheck, which is still in the process of hitting my account um, in the next day or so to a local Black Lives Matter nonprofit because I believe strongly in this stuff. I hope you'll join me in making a donation as well. We'll talk about that for sure on Friday. We can spend a segment on it. Um, but it's very cool to see the national locked on podcast network really getting involved and being a big agent for change. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Whether you're a do-it-yourselfer and wanting to save a little bit of money by making some car repairs or you're restoring something classic, with an ever-increasing number of makes and models out there, it's impossible for chain stores to stock all the parts you're going to need. You're going to go in there, you're going to talk to someone who doesn't know your car all that well, and is going to potentially order the wrong part for you. It's going to take a while to come in, and you've probably now spent time and more money than you need to on trying to do something that could be really, really easy. Rock Auto Auto.com makes that easy. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from an from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. If you want to redo the interior, they have carpet. Maybe your car flooded like it could potentially do today in New Orleans. Uh, master cylinders, radiators, two things I've ordered for my 1976. RockAuto.com has it, whether it is a classic car or your new daily driver, everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So over at the Players' Tribune, the player-run like media site that kind of talks about their perspective on things, they have a podcast with uh, a couple of former players, and they had Paul George on there, and it was it was interesting. It was interesting to see hear, hear him talk about his decision to leave the Indiana Pacers before being traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then getting moved from Oklahoma City to the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, where he's teamed up with Kawhi Leonard. it's remarkable because we all knew he kind of wanted to play in Los Angeles being from the area, but he had said in the beginning that he actually, you know, idolized Kobe growing up and saw that Kobe played his whole career with one team. And so he wanted to try and play his whole career with one team. That's what he thought you were supposed to do. And that one team was the Indiana Pacers. And back in 2017, he says that he had spoken to a, a number of other guys around the league and he got, in his opinion, the top power forward in the league to uh, declare that he wanted to team up with uh, him in Indiana. Then he goes to the Pacers and he says, you know, I got the top power forward to come play with us. Like, let's get this done. And the Pacers look at him and go, no, we can't do that. We're, we're a mid-market team, a mid-major, basically. We're a small market. We can't afford to bring this guy in. 
And that was the moment when he determined, yeah, I need to leave the Indiana Pacers because they're not serious about winning. He'd kind of given them every chance and they proved they couldn't get it done and then determined that they didn't want to get it done and forced him to leave. So the big question becomes, who the hell is the mystery player? Like, this is kind of intriguing. We all love a good detective story, right? So we're going to put on our, our detective hats here. Got on my tweed and started digging around. When I first heard this, it really felt like this was free agency to me. That this was something that like, oh, there's a guy in free agency and cool. I want to, he wants to come and sign here. And that is kind of where I started looking. I'm trying to pull up his exact quote so that you can hear, but that was my original thing. Um, And so I thought it was free agency, which leads you to kind of two, maybe three people. And that's about it. There is Paul Millsap, but I don't think anyone would consider him the top power forward, maybe top 10, but certainly not number one. You also have Kevin Love potentially, um, but I don't think that seems like he would have been the top one, certainly good, but I don't think it was the top one. The other one, though, that it really seems like it could be would be Blake Griffin. He was a free agent during this time. I think you could argue that he could be was the top power forward. It was Anthony Davis during this time, but I think you could argue that it is Blake Griffin, given the history he had of all-star games and all of that. Uh, and it makes a little bit of sense that uh, this would be the thing. So uh, that's, that's where my mind went. When we recorded Locked On NBA, uh, John Corrales, when we talked about this on today's show, said he thinks of a trade. And I go, I don't, I don't know if I get that with the front office saying, like, we can't afford it. Like, that seems salary, dollars, cents, finance to me, not assets, or we don't have the pieces to trade for him. But according to people who cover the Pacers, that the player that wanted to team up with Paul George back in 2017 was actually Anthony Davis. This is... Weird to me for a few things. Like, it doesn't surprise me that AD wanted out. I think we could all see the writing on the wall for like years, basically, though New Orleans tried at least, whereas with Paul George and the Pacers, they didn't try for him. At least New Orleans was, but we could probably see the writing on the wall about Anthony Davis, and they just weren't able to put a consistent winner around him. And at the time, he'd only had one playoff appearance to his name. That's not great. So I could see him wanting out. The thing that I find tough about this is he was on the second year of a five-year deal. He wasn't going to be moved. So if the Pacers go, we can't afford it, shit, the Pelicans weren't going to trade him to you unless the trade was for Paul George. And even then, probably not. So when I hear this and I think about it, like I just don't know if this is Anthony Davis. You know, maybe they, they thought it was a thing, but the way it's phrased, kind of breaking down the words and everything, it just doesn't seem like that is the way that this could have gone down. Paul George wanted to play with Anthony Davis. You got to come to New Orleans to do it. And that clearly didn't happen. And I'm sure they kicked the tires on him and at least reached out before DeMarcus Cousins and it wasn't a thing. So I just don't know if this really holds much much salt in my mind that this was the, the team up that he had had because there was just no feasible way to get it done. Even if AD wanted out at that point, they were not trading him. That wasn't going to happen. So I don't know. Something seems a little bit off with this with me. So because of that, with my detective hat on, I have determined 
that it's going to be Blake Griffin that he was talking about. So today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. You've heard me talk about these a lot. My girlfriend has heard me talk about these a lot. And now she is eating one of these for lunch before our kind of our after our workouts, usually in kind of like the mid morning for everything. So there you go. I've got other people trying these too, because I really believe in them. They taste delicious. This is easily the best tasting protein bar ever made. Uh, it tastes like a candy bar. They've got unbelievable flavors. All bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They are soft. They are easy to chew. They are not chalky. They are not dry. They're not going to dry your mouth out and they're not going to make you run and chug a bottle of water because it just wasn't like a good experience. These are pretty awesome. They're also great if you're looking to maintain your weight or lose a little bit of weight because they are low calorie, low in sugar, high in protein and high in fiber. 20 grams of protein, 170 calories or 15 grams of protein and 110 calories. I've got the German chocolate cake right now, the salted caramel. Um, and I've also got the peanut butter one, which is also really, really good. So if you go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. They're also running an additional promotion where everything is 50% off at the least. And they're donating all the profits to black lives matter and social justice charity. So it's a great way to do some good, get a product you want to try that I really like that I use as lunch every single day. Uh, so go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your first order. All right, so wrapping up the show today, a um, couple of things I want to talk about here. We've got a couple of names that have, uh, or at least one name, another name that has said, I am not playing in the NBA due to health uh, reasons. Ariza is sitting out due to family reasons. Bertans is sitting out basically because of a big payday in free agency. Evan Fournier does not like it and kind of took a shot at him on social media the other day, which was interesting to kind of see that be the idea amongst a lot of players. And I'm sure it's pretty relevant. It might keep some guys going when normally they wouldn't. But Avery Bradley of the Lakers has determined he's sitting out because he has a six-year-old son who has respiratory illnesses. So him being in a COVID-19 environment, one, his son wouldn't be able to go to the bubble anyway, but he wants to stay there and be with his kid and doesn't want to risk going, getting infected, potentially bringing it back in some capacity. Who knows what some of these long-term effects of everything are. So he's making the decision to stay home and protect his family, which Again, these are there's no right or wrong decision on any of this. It is a personal decision, and it's nice to see that he's making what he feels is best and feeling very confident in that choice. Lakers are going to be able to sign a replacement guy. Going to likely be J.R. Smith, so let's get weird on the Los Angeles Lakers with him and LeBron teaming back up. Um, and if guys sit out, then we will see that teams are able to sign a replacement if, if they want. The deadline is supposedly today for players to declare they are sitting out, but NBA teams are treating this as a soft deadline. You don't really need to know until until you have to submit the your final roster to all of this, which is on the 30th of June. So still a little bit more time for people to back out. Right now, we talked about it yesterday. Some Pelicans players may. I don't think it's very likely that anyone will sit out, though, but we will learn about that in the coming week or so. Also, on the Pelicans front, Andrew Lopez, friend of the show of ESPN, uh, wrote an article about Zion. And there's a pretty awesome quote in there saying he is going to surprise people because he was working out at the team facility during all of this. Even when the team facility was shut down, they allowed players to come in who are rehabbing injuries. AD's stuff, not AD, sorry, Zion's stuff has always been about not his weight or kind of rawness as a player. It's a lot of like the bio, biorhythmic, biometrics, all of that stuff. 
I think is the interesting thing with him. That's why when he, you know it delayed his return from injury because they weren't rebuilding him or reteaching him or anything. They were refining a lot of his mechanics about how to move properly at his size and with the ability that he has. So being able to go in and work on stretching and pliability is a word used in the article and all of that stuff, even if you weren't getting in like shots or on-court workouts, being able to spend three months working on a lot of these other things, the, the running form, the walking form, look, he waddles like a penguin at times. If you can fix that, that's probably gonna be a good thing. So the fact that he's been able to do all of that is going to make him a better NBA player and it's going to help him in the long term too. People have a lot of concern about his long-term health and uh, ability to stay in the league. Getting three months of this and working with the trainers and everybody under constant supervision, that is a very, very good thing for Zion. He's not going to come in overweight. And if he does, that's okay. He can play heavy. He can get out there and run. He's just more of a freight train that way. But if he has the flexibility, if he has the explosiveness and all of that, that's when the league needs to watch out. So they feel very confident that we are going to see some very, very good Zion Williamson play in Orlando once the NBA restarts. I think this also says he is for sure playing. We are not expecting any of him, uh, anything for him when it comes to sitting out. So we should see him hopefully dunking on some fools and doing some pretty awesome stuff out there on the court. Within a month or so, I'm excited. This should get you really excited if you are a Pelicans fan. So also quickly before we wrap up Axios newsletter, today was the Charlotte Hornets. So not the New Orleans Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets on their all-time team. So they clock in at 27, um, or sorry, 28. So again, we'll see if the Pelicans fall in the bottom 10, but it's cool that they are um, better than a team that's been around for a whole lot longer than they have. I think that's kind of awesome. So very cool to see that the Pelicans aren't there. Also over at The Athletic, uh, Sam Vecini, who's been on the show here before, ranked the Pelicans' young core number one in the league. Give that a read if you want, and we'll talk about that more a little bit on Friday when there's hopefully a a little bit of less news going on. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. Now tell your smart device to play Podcast Hollinger and Duncan, and I'll see you all on Friday.